0: Thank you.
1: Good morning and welcome to San Diego First Church of Nazarene. My name is Matt Wilson and I'm one of the pastors on staff, it is so good to be with you this morning. I've got a few things that I'd love for you to know about before we begin our service this morning. The first is that yes, we are gonna have some wonderful music this morning, but we are also gonna have some wonderful music next Sunday in our children's musical. And it also yes, give us some children's musical. We'll be continuing that Christmas spirit with our kids and their performance. So I invite you to join us next Sunday as well. That will be in Brown Chapel at the same time, ten thirty next Sunday morning. Afterwards, we have our Marketplace Lunch. And that will be at Point Loma National University's cafeteria. We would love if you would buy, if you're attending, buying your tickets in advance, so that we can let them know how many of us are coming. So, if you are looking to attend that marketplace, there uh, at the Friendship Plaza, there are tickets being sold. We'd love for you to do that if you are coming next Sunday to that lunch. In addition, on Sunday, excuse me, Saturday, December 17th, we're having our women's ministry gift exchange That will be at 7 p.m. in the Ellipse Chapel. No, excuse me, not the Ellipse Chapel, in the Fireside area. And there will be uh, all the information you need for that in your bulletin right here. We'd love for you to join us on Saturday the 17th. At this time, I would like to invite the walkers up to have our Advent reading for this morning.
2: Walker family. My name is Brett. This is my wife Kayla and our kids Owen, Grady, and Arkley. Today we begin the second week of this four week season that celebrates Christ coming into the world. This season is called Advent and it's a time of expectation where we wait with hope for Christmas Day and the birth of Jesus. After our reading today, a new candle in the Advent wreath will be lit. The candle represents the word for this morning and that word is peace. <laughs> Lighting <laughs> the candle is like a, like a prayer. It is a prayer for peace. Old Testament scriptures refer to a Messiah who would come someday and that with him would come great peace. Jesus is named the Prince of Peace and we see this in the ways he brought people together, resisted violence and challenged the structures of Within Christian faith communities, it is common for greetings and salutations to make reference to the peace of Christ. At our own Sunday morning service, we practice the passing of the peace of Christ between us. When we do this, we are saying to each other that God's peace is available and alive today. It is a tangible reminder to us that we are called and empowered by God to help live out God's peace, a new way of being together. This week, let's pray and think and work together to live peacefully with each other. Let us be challenged as to the ways in which we continue unnecessary divisions which break the bonds of peace. Let us be encouraged by lifting up Christ as the example of peacemaking to a world fraught with conflict and unease. Let us pray and speak for the wholeness that comes with Christ. The birth of Jesus, we pray to become people who are true peacemakers and caretakers of one another.
1: chapel, obviously on Christmas Eve, all the details are in your bulletin as well as found on our website. If you are looking for more information about our church, you can find that on our website sdfcnaz.com, but you can also find it uh, um, if you kind of tear off that connection card that is in your bulletin, drop it off in the back, as well as if you are wanting to give tithes and offerings this morning, there are places in the back to give those. Lastly, I would love to invite us into prayer as we prepare our hearts and minds for this morning. Lord, we approach you with thanksgiving and expectation that you might calm our hearts, clear our minds of distraction, that everything that we have brought into this place, that we might put it to the side be able to be fully present with the music and the word that you are giving to us this morning. So be with our choir, be with our musicians, be in the work that they have done and the preparation that they have made, that we might be able to take it as a gift, hearing your presence this morning. We pray all this in your name, amen. Amen. So now sit back, relax, and enjoy the joyful sounds of Christmas.
3: I am so glad to be with you and join in this joyful sounds of Christmas celebration together. My name is Dee, and I'm also one of the pastors here on staff, and um, thank you, choir. Thank you, orchestra. Thank you, handbells. Uh, That was gorgeous, and there is so much more to come. Um, I am taken with the passages of scripture and the songs that have been sung, the children listening to the angels sing, the angels singing themselves. In Matthew and Luke, we hear the rendition of Zachariah's song. We hear or read about Mary's song. Simeon sings a song. And I'm going to bless you this morning by not singing a song but I hope you, like me, joined in with this last rendition, and if you have a voice like mine, it's wonderful that it could be drowned out by all the rest, but I also just felt like I was caught up in that, and that's the story of Christmas. Something to be caught up in that takes us to some place that we wouldn't otherwise go, and so this morning when we look at the passages of scripture that tell this story, I hope that your imagination begins to go where God's spirit wants to take it, into new places, new thoughts, new vistas. It is the season of Advent, a season of anticipation, a season of hope, and this Sunday it is a season of peace that we talk about. Last week, we jumped into the scripture readings for December that take us into the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. In addition to the two gospels, Matthew and Luke, we have some Old Testament passages in Isaiah and Psalms that speak so powerfully of that which is to come. And last week's passage was Isaiah 2, and Isaiah invited us to be participants with Isaiah in having an imagination An imagination about what might be, a prophetic imagination. The reading for this morning takes us to chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. And in that opening verse of chapter 11 of Isaiah, Isaiah speaks and says that a root will come out of the stump of Jesse. It's interesting language. It is language that speaks about a hope to come, but it also is very real about the devastation that currently is. Isaiah spoke at a time when the northern kingdom had been overrun by the Assyrians. It was a time where the Babylonian power was exerting its strength. The nation of Israel was not what it once was. Certainly not what it was under Solomon or David. And David is the son of Jesse. And this acknowledgement that what remains seems like nothing more than just a stump of what it was. A majestic tree that's been cut off. Yet out of this stump of Jesse will come a shoot will come new life. It is a word of hope of what is to be. It is an invitation to ask the question, what if? And here Isaiah paints a picture of what if, but he says it with such conviction. This deeply held belief of Isaiah that this is what will be. What we see right in front of us won't last. There is something more, so much more. And he begins to cast a vision. He says, that will be a time when the lion will lie with the lamb. Some translations say the wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with a goat. A Jewish writer and comedian once quoted this and said that the lion will lie down with the lamb, but the lamb won't get much sleep. (laughs) And that's how it kind of feels when we dream about the future. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, but I'm not going to close my eyes. That's not the vision that Isaiah is casting. He's casting a vision of a peace that comes that takes away fear, what it would be like to live in a place where fear didn't dominate. Hard to imagine. Those of you who have been on the journey with me for very long know that I reference every once in a while um, my grandmother's place that uh, as a boy I would visit It was kind of magical to me, but it wasn't that large. It was a long and narrow two-story cabin with white wood planks that covered the entire frame of the house. It was about 23 feet wide and two rooms deep. So a kitchen, then the kind of living area And then you go up the stairs and there are three bedrooms, two real small upstairs and across the hall, another bedroom that kind of overlooked the lake that was out on the other side of the house. And we'd go up there. It was magical during the summer. It was even more so during winter. Winter, the lake would freeze over. The snow would fall. And if there wasn't much wind when the lake froze over, the Ice would be smooth and clear, and you could walk out on the lake and see through the ice to the seaweed moving and the water underneath that wasn't frozen. It was amazing. In the summer, it was such a safe place, a place to dream. The only thing that didn't seem very safe was that my grandmother had about seven oak trees that were around the property. And if you're familiar with oaks, they drop acorns, and during the summer, bare feet are a requirement. And for those feet that have gone protected through winter with boots and shoes and socks, to go bare feet on acorns is horrific. Somebody from first service said that uh, they have an oak tree and that um, acorns, he describes as God's Legos, that you step on one of those and it just hurts. And that's what it was to run around in this place. But I remember my grandmother created safe space. She was a bit eccentric, at least in her own unique way. She had kind of a orangish-brown hair color that just seemed unique to me. Except um, Lucille Ball had it as well, but it looked kind of like Lucille Ball. We'd go to a restaurant. My sister and I would go with my grandmother and. Her regular tradition was she could only eat half of her cheeseburger and she would wrap the other half into two napkins long before they had doggy bags or takeout boxes and stick it in her purse and take it home. I always wondered if the inside of her purse smelled like cheeseburger. (laughs) Never had the courage to dip my head in there to see. But she had um, a tendency to um, try and fulfill her imagination and I think that she longed for her sidewalk that led up to the front door to blend in with the grass. And so one year, she just took a bucket of green paint and painted the sidewalk, so it blended right in with the grass, all green. Didn't look quite right during the winter time. Truth be told, it didn't look quite right any time, but <laughs> it was her. But she gave us a lot of space, a lot of room to imagine. I remember asking myself, what if I could swim out to the raft by myself without any help? Then one day I did. I remember a few years later wondering, what if I could swim all the way across the lake and back? And then one day I did. I remember wondering what if I could sail back and forth across the lake on one of those sailboats that I saw others had. And then one day I did. I remember wondering if I could ever ski like Larry Watson did and then maybe drop a ski and ski on one ski and and then one day I did. I wondered if it might be possible that someday I could go off to college like those older kids that would come and visit the campground that was across the street from where my grandmother lived. And one day I did. It was a safe place to dream. And I and I wonder where those safe places are that allow us, like Isaiah, to have an imagination. Of what might be. Isaiah wants to take us to a place that's safe enough to dream. It it is a place, as he describes, that seems to be void of fear. I mean, it speaks of the child who puts its hand in the nest of the viper, and nothing goes wrong. A place where the lion lies down with the lamb. And nothing goes wrong. What would our imagination do if fear began to dissipate and it was replaced with peace? What if there was peace? What if there was a child born who marked a way who paid the price of the way, who became the way to peace, if we just follow in that way? Would it free, of free us up to begin to think of what might be? Of what life might spring forth from stumps that seemed abandoned and lost? Of relationships that have new buds that form? Of circumstances that seemed impossible, but there we find a shoot that springs forth from the roots. And surprised by joy, we're taken with the possibility of then what might be. It's the good news. It is the Christmas story. It is the what if of God with us. What if God became one like us and showed us the way? That's the hope. That peace might be that which comes out of the vision of what if. I'm going to invite the ensemble to come. One of the things that we love to do in this place is to allow ourselves time to reflect, safe space to think and dream. As the ensemble sings, may your heart be open to the what-ifs in your life. What if Christ gives
0: The silent stars go
3: town of Bethlehem raises for me all of the other questions that come with what if. What if things go wrong? What if the circumstances that seem impossible right now just keep being impossible? What if time keeps passing and I don't see any change? What if the other person doesn't respond to the things that are at the core of my hope? what if I don't have the resources? What if I don't have the strength? What if I don't have what it takes? All the what-ifs that begin to spiral down and then to recognize, what if it's not all up to me? Oh, little town of Bethlehem speaks of the truth that we don't do this alone. The Incarnation Is God with us? That's what that means. And it begins to change our perspective if we truly believe God is with us. God comes in human form to pave the way. And the spirit of God dwells with us so that I don't have to orchestrate every little thing. What did it take for Mary and Joseph to make it to Bethlehem? Well, part of that was that a census had to be taken, likely for taxation, a thing that doesn't sound all that great, and everybody has to travel to their own place of birth to register. What a hardship. Who could have orchestrated that? Who could have orchestrated how the wise men could make their way to Bethlehem Where they go to the person that first appears good, then not so good, then good again, then really horrible, and that's Herod. And the wise men go there and find out the information they need, go to Bethlehem, and before Herod can turn to his worst self, warned in a dream they go back another way. Mary, Joseph, Jesus make their way to Egypt and back up to Nazareth. How could all of those things come about with circumstances that they couldn't have orchestrated but designed in just the right way because God can take all the circumstances, good or bad, intended for our harm or not, and use them for purposes that bring about our participation in a story that's bigger than ourselves, What if I'm part of a bigger storyline? What if it's not all dependent on me? What if God is working on my behalf? What if God is safe space where I can imagine and dream, where I might begin to consider The peace that might come about if I give myself to the one who knows me best and loves me most. Ah, then what if? I'm going to invite the choir to come. I'm going to offer a prayer on our behalf as they do. Oh God, the circumstances in our life begin to crowd in, make us skeptical, uncertain, fearful, anxious, nervous, robbed of our imagination, we feel trapped. And yet this Christmas season brings a message of hope, a message of possibility, a message that might allow us to dream once again of what might be if those things that appear like stumps in our life begin to show forth shoots and buds, roots that give way to new growth. Something never anticipated comes to pass, not because we have forced or manipulated, but in some ways simply because we've surrendered to your invitation to dream again, to hope again, to live into safe space where we might be held by your peace and live into your peace. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, Scripture tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. What if God's love was perfect love? Would fear begin to dissipate? Would we then begin to imagine of the lion laying down with the lamb? If peace is to be ever, it has to begin within. Within. It doesn't just happen outwardly by wishing it were so. It's allowing something to change within that brings about peace within and then an empowerment to live peacefully with others. So it certainly raises the question that Isaiah presents to us. What are the inward lions that plague us? What are the inward leopards that cause the fear to come up, the worry to fester, the uncertainty to breed, the toxic nature of my thoughts toward myself, the tapes that play? Is it possible that those could be put to peace And lie down with the lambs in my life, the thoughts in my heart of something that's different. If I believe that perfect love casts out fear, then the question is do I believe God's perfect love for me? That's the Christmas message of hope that God so loved the world that God came. Incarnate with us. That we might have life. And that we might dream abundantly. Extravagantly. Hopefully. Because that's what we're invited to do. And if we can't dream through that vision, I wonder if there's ever any hope of dreaming at all. So Isaiah invites us into this place where inwardly the lion and the lamb might lie together so that outwardly the lions and the lambs might live together. To that end, I pray, O Lord, move into our heart. Give us courage to surrender to this vision of your love for us and our love for one another. Embolden our imagination to begin to conceive of what might be if peace reigns within our hearts and then collectively in community, in our lives. Oh Lord, help us to have the courage to go there. Give us the strength to see beyond circumstances and live into a love that gives us hope for peace. That's our prayer this morning, Lord, we pray. Amen. I know that the choir and orchestra have done this as a way by which to share the good news and that all glory goes to our God and Savior, but it also seems very appropriate to offer our thanks for the many hours of rehearsal and effort to bring this to us and to allow us to enjoy these moments so choir, orchestra, handbells, and I will add certainly sound tech, media tech, and those who have worked so hard. Thank you so very much. I also want to uh, say thanks to a group that often gets overlooked but it's those family members, children, spouses who have tolerated an entire fall worth of rehearsals, drop offs, pickups, missed dinners, whatever the case might be. You have put in a lot to offer up that time of someone in your family to participate in this way. So, all of you, thank you so much for that gift to us. And I also want to say thanks, of course, to one who asked the question what if? What if we could transform a gymnasium into a place of worship? What if we could bring together all of the people with various music interests? What if we could share the gospel news with the community? What if we could do joyful sounds of Christmas? Victor Levinsky, thank you so much. In a few moments I'll offer a benediction for us. Um, Following that benediction, um, there is a postlude that I'm guessing you'll probably wanna stick around and listen to, it's a reprise of the overture. During that or following that as you leave, if you'd like to share some of your journey with any one of the choir members, I know they would love to hear your story. If you have any questions about this place, I know that some of them can provide answers for you, and if not, they're standing beside somebody who can. So you're be very close to somebody who can answer those questions. If you'd like to take that information card and express some of your interest of information you'd like to know or a way by which we can help you as a church, just tear that off and put it in one of the baskets that are out at the Hub or at this desk over here Or use the QR code and we will get it this week and respond. It has been a joy to be with you this morning. So may God's grace shine over you. May God's face shine through you. May you feel that you can find safe space to dream. And imagine what can be as God works in your life. May peace begin to rule in your hearts. And then, may you be purveyors of that peace wherever God takes you. God bless you. Go in God's peace.